Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. I want to welcome in Tom Noy, South Bend Tribune. We want to talk about this Micah Shrewsbury hire. Tom, welcome in, man. Happy March Madness to you. How about this hire of Shrewsbury? Did his thing at Penn State. Would you say this is a home run hire for the Irish? I would think so. I mean, it's been it's been a long nine weeks, and it was 63 days ago today that the South Bend Tribune broke the news that Mike Bray would not be back for a 24th season. So, it's been a long grind. It's been a season that could not have gotten over quick enough for this Notre Dame men's basketball team. We kind of knew what direction Jack Swarwick was going to go, and a lot of people, given the, the situation that they ran into over at Notre Dame with the offensive coordinator hire, kind of kept worrying and wondering, are they going to be able to close the deal with Micah Shrewsbury? Is it going to be too expensive? Are finances going to be an issue? None of that was, and at the end of the day, I think they got the guy. Now, Jack Swarbrick will never admit this, and Notre Dame will never admit this, but I think they got the guy that when Mike Bray left on January 19th was at the top of the list on January 20th. Yeah, that was going to be my big question, Tom, because obviously you guys cited the fact that a couple different sources were on this as well, including CBS Sports, and uh, Matt Norlander of CBS Sports had tweeted that he had been their top target for the past two weeks, but obviously mm-hmm. talks didn't take place until after Penn State got bounced. And that, that was my question, was was it even earlier than that, even if the university might not publicly admit that? Absolutely. I, I think the minute that Mike Bray left, in Jack Swarbrick's mind, now Jack, Jack has always insisted that he never keeps a working list in his desk drawer because that would be a disservice to the coach that he has. But I think the minute that Jack Swarbrick realized Mike Bray would not be back next season, his mind turned immediately to Micah Shrewsbury. And the list that we published on January 20th had Micah's name prominently in there. I think it was it was a slam dunk hire. It was a no-brainer hire for Jack Swarbrick. And if he was going to look at one guy to come do this job, it was going to be Micah Shrewsbury. And everything, all the factors that went into it, held up over these last nine weeks. I look at the seven-year deal, and obviously what you're saying is true, Tom. It speaks to the belief that they have in Shrewsbury. Does it also speak to the desperate spot they were in trying to find a new head coach? Well, I don't know if they were in a desperate spot. It's a desperate roster right now. Like seven years, seven years, it's going to take, unless they, they receive breaks that Mike Bray did not get, from the transfer portal situation, it's going to take a few years to build this back up to where it's a perennial top five, top six job in the Atlantic Coast Conference because as we sit here right now on March 23rd, they have four returning players, all four, three of whom have, have really never played. And then they have one incoming freshman next year who, by the way, should be Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana next week in Marcus Burton from Penn High School. So the roster is going to need work. The culture is going to need work. It's going to be a revamped coaching staff. Micah Shrewsbury is going to have to figure out what worked in the Big Ten, may not work in the Big East. Maybe some things that did work in the Big Ten, or I mean in the ACC, will now work in the ACC. So it's a, it's a tough job in the fact that 
it's not somebody parachuting in and saying, I've got a roster, I've got a culture, I've got a program that's in place to win now. Tom Noy, the South Bend Tribune, nice enough to take some time with us here in the DriveHuber.com studios on the Fan Midday Show. Tom, going from Penn State to Notre Dame has to at least be a reason for optimism for Irish basketball fans, given that at Penn State, he's undoubtedly in the shadow of a top-tier football program. And then at Notre Dame, he's going to be in those same waters. You mentioned whether or not it's able to translate his style and the way he built things in the Big Ten to the ACC, but knowing kind of where Penn State was before he got there and what he was able to build there, why should that be a reason for optimism for Notre Dame fans? I just think the pedigree of Micah Shrewsbury, he's a builder. He has a specific style. He has a culture that he implemented early in Penn State. And if you can do that and you can win at Penn State, you can you can parachute into the Notre Dame job and go into the ACC and play and compete against the likes of Duke and Carolina and Virginia and Miami, and it's it, it's it may take it, it may take a year or two, but I think uh, I think sooner than later people are going to say, boy, this Mike Shrewsbury, he can coach, he can establish a culture, and he can recruit. And I think the recruiting piece, where Penn State's uh, incoming freshman class for 2023 is ranked among the top 30. And if you can get a top 30 class in State College, Pennsylvania, at a place that's known mainly for football and then spring football and then wrestling, but you can do a, you do work some, with some magic in men's basketball, I think you can handle the rigors of what the ACC is going to hold for you at Notre Dame. You think about Jalen Pickett and how big of an impact he made for Penn State this past season, and he was a transfer portal guy that Shrewsbury mm-hmm. was able to land. What do you think the expectation is for Shrewsbury in his first year and what he might try to do with the transfer portal? Stable, first, just stabilize the program. Like this this program, the, the black cloud over this program for the last two, three months has been just unbearable as far as the culture, as far as just the attitude of everything. So come in here, stabilize the place, and say, we're going to win. We're going to get players. It's going to take some time. And then also I think the university is going to have to give a little. The last couple of seasons when the transfer portal has become this transfer portal madness, so to speak, the only two players that, that Notre Dame was able to get, that Mike Bray was able to get out of the portal, were graduate students. And that wasn't, that wasn't a coincidence. They got Paul Atkinson from Yale, and they got this past season, they got Marcus Hammond from Niagara. Because under the old transfer rules, Notre Dame could take just about anybody and say, we understand that they're not on our academic highway, so to speak, our academic path. But in the year that they sit out, we can get them academically up to speed mm. for what's required at Notre Dame. With the with portal, you can't do that. You have to go into the portal and say you want this, this big-time freshman guard who has a chance to be the next Jalen Pickett, and you want him to play at Notre Dame. Well, that freshman guard, wherever he played at this past season in college, would have to have had followed the same academic track at school A, B, or C as he would have at Notre Dame. And, and that is very rarely the case. So the transfer portal is not an easy place for Notre Dame. It's going to have to be relaxed just a little bit for Micah Shrewsbury to help build this program back up to what it used to be. 
Well, at least not. At least it's not just football that's handcuffed. Then that's good to know. It's, it's, it's across the board. <laughs> across the board, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, when you look at the other news that you were reporting on earlier this week, jumping away from Notre Dame strictly for a second, you seem not surprised at all that Mike Bray winds up at South Florida. No. Well, he is not at South Florida. He was headed to South Florida. South Florida and Mike Bray basically think of this as a wedding. They or they Uh-oh. agreed. They agreed to the marriage. They had everybody in place. They were walking down the aisle, and they bare almost made it to the altar. And South Florida looked over and saw somebody that was prettier, <laughs> that was more attractive, that had a little bit that gave that gave a little bit more spice to the potential marriage. And so they said, you know what, we're good. I, I can gar- I, I can say this. I can safely say this. People say Mike Bray and South Florida had hadn't agreed on a contract. All they had were discussions. Mike Bray was very much down the road doing head coaching things for USF the last couple of days before that news broke that there would not be a deal. So uh, that's why I was not surprised that he would he would parachute back into coaching. But now that that's not going to work out, I think the best move is it for TV. Mike Bray, eh, I don't think he wants to do TV. He needs to just go sit on a beach somewhere for like six months <laughs> and recharge. Uh-huh. Because for him, for him to jump right back into coaching after the disaster season that they had up here would have been the biggest mistake, and people would have looked at it and said, "I don't know if Mike Bray can do it anymore." And mm. I think a lot of people have said that. And I think Mike Bray has asked himself that, and he wanted to prove, I still have this. I can turn it around. I can coach. I can be the loosest coach in America. I'm taking the USF job. I think it's it's for the best that it did work out for Mike Bray down there in Tampa. Wow, interesting stuff. If we circle back, Tom Noy with us from South Bend Tribune. Uh, we're talking about uh, the Irish and beyond. But if we circle back to Notre Dame with the Micah Shrewsbury, I always want to put a T in there, Shrewsbury. I don't know why I call him Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury over here. Uh, how long do you think it'll take for him to turn this around where he won a tournament game for the first time at Penn State since 2001? So if we're talking about Notre Dame competing in the ACC, winning a tournament game or two, being a, a Sweet 16, Elite 8 contender, how long do you think realistically it would take for Shrewsbury to do that? I'd say if they get the academic breaks from the transfer portal, if they, they, they're they given the leeway to help build this roster back up sooner than later, I'd say year three is, is, a, is a realistic expectation for a possible return to the NCAA tournament. And again, look, when Mike Bray took this job 20 years ago, he walked in here and he had a ready-made NBA lottery pick in Troy Murphy. He had Chris Thomas coming from, from Pike High School already committed the year after Troy Murphy was here. So it was, it was ready-made for somebody to win. It's not like that because there's literally nobody left that you can point to and say, I'm going to lean on this guy for the 23-24 season. It's got to be built from scratch. The culture's got to be rebuilt from scratch. Just the entire pride in the program has to have a total redo. So that's going to be hard this year. Might be a little easier next year, but I'd say by year three, then people are going to be looking and say, that's what made Micah Shrewsbury the number one candidate to take this Notre Dame coaching job. Tom, what in your mind was the biggest reason the program 
kind of fell into the pitfalls that, that they had over the last three or four years of of Coach Bray? Was it just a, a, an influx of factors, or is there any one thing you could point to as as to why the program is in the state that it is as Shrewsbury inherits it? It was so many different factors, like a little of this, a little of that. I think Mike Bray got stale. He he's admitted that he's gotten stale. His voice, people started tuning it out in the locker room. Like they they just needed a new shot of everything. And I'm writing about this for Sunday in Sunday South and Tribune. Like it's just it's so it was so refreshing to wake up this morning and be like, There's no more cloud hanging over this Notre Dame men's basketball program. Everything's new, it's fresh, it's exciting, there's new stories to tell. There'll be new faces around Ross Hall and the basketball program. And, and it's just something where, it, for whatever reason, I think Mike Bray, if he looks back at now, like it's easy to say as we're sitting here now, he should have left after they almost made the Sweet 16 last year. But he thought, boy, we, we had one really good run, run. Maybe we could do that just maybe one more time. And the guys that he had, had counted on and relied on, that senior class, that 50-year senior class, the expectations for them was they were good last year. Maybe they'll be even better this year. When that whole thing disintegrated, man, it, it went south, and it went south in an absolute hurry. They went from 15-5 and five in the ACC to 3-17. and 17. Wow. Crazy stuff right there. Well, hey, Tom, appreciate your time. You crushed it today, really. You did a marvelous job. Hope you enjoyed the tournament, and uh, we'll be looking for your piece on Sunday in the South Bend Tribune. You got it, fellas. Take care. Have a great weekend. You too. There he is, Tom Noy, South Bend Tribune. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. I want to welcome in Tom Noy. South Bend Tribune. We want to talk about this Micah Shrewsbury hire. Tom, welcome in, man. Happy March Madness to you. How about this hire of Shrewsbury? Did his thing at Penn State. Would you say this is a home run hire for the Irish? I would think so. I mean, it's been it's been a long nine weeks, and it was 63 days ago today that the South Bend Tribune broke the news that Mike Bray would not be back for a 24th season. So. It's been a long grind. It's been a season that could not have gotten over quick enough for this Notre Dame men's basketball team. We kind of knew what direction Jack Swarwick was going to go, and a lot of people, given the the situation that they ran into over at Notre Dame with the offensive coordinator hire, kind of kept worrying and wondering, are they going to be able to close the deal with Micah Shrewsbury? Is it going to be too expensive? Are finances going to be an issue? None of that was, and at the end of the day, I think they got the guy. Now, Jack Swarbrick will never admit this, and Notre Dame will never admit this, but I think they got the guy that when Mike Bray left on January 19th was at the top of the list on January 20th. Yeah, that was going to be my big question, Tom, because obviously you guys cited the fact that a couple different sources were on this as well, including CBS Sports, and uh, Matt Norlander of CBS Sports had tweeted that he had been their top target for the past two weeks, but obviously mm-hmm. talks didn't take place until after Penn State got bounced. And that, that was my question, was was it even earlier than that, even if the university might not publicly admit that? Absolutely. I, I think the minute that Mike Bray left, in Jack Swarbrick's mind, now Jack Check has always insisted that he never keeps a working list in his desk drawer because that would be a disservice to the coach that he has. 
But I think the minute that Jack Swarbrick realized Mike Bray would not be back next season, his mind turned immediately to Micah Shrewsbury. And the list that we published on January 20th had Micah's name prominently in there. I think it was it was a slam dunk hire. It was a no-brainer hire for Jack Swarbrick. And if he was going to look at one guy to come do this job, it was going to be Micah Shrewsbury. And everything, all the factors that went into it, held up over these last nine weeks. I look at the seven-year deal, and obviously what you're saying is true, Tom. It speaks to the belief that they have in Shrewsbury. Does it also speak to the desperate spot they were in (laughs) trying to find a new head coach? Well, I don't know if they were in a desperate spot. It's a desperate roster right now. Like seven years, seven years, it's going to take, unless they, they receive breaks that Mike Bray did not get, from the transfer portal situation, it's going to take a few years to build this back up to where it's a perennial top five, top six job in the Atlantic Coast Conference because as we sit here right now on March 23rd, they have four returning players, all four, three of whom have, have really never played. And then they have one incoming freshman next year who, by the way, should be Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana next week in Marcus Burton from Penn High School. So the roster's going to need work. The culture's going to need work. It's going to be a revamped coaching staff. Micah Shrewsbury is going to have to figure out what worked in the Big Ten, may not work in the Big East. Maybe some things that did work in the Big Ten, or I mean in the ACC, will now work in the ACC. So it's a, it's a tough job in the fact that it's not somebody parachuting in and saying, I've got a roster, I've got a culture, I've got a program that's in place to win now. Tom Noy, the South Bend Tribune. Nice enough to take some time with us here in the DriveHuber.com studios on the Fan Midday Show. Tom, going from Penn State to Notre Dame has to at least be a reason for optimism for Irish basketball fans, given that at Penn State he's undoubtedly in the shadow of a top-tier football program, and then at Notre Dame he's going to be in those same waters. You mentioned whether or not it's able to translate his style and the way he built things in the Big Ten to the ACC, but knowing kind of where Penn State was before he got there and what he was able to build there, why should that be a reason for optimism for Notre Dame fans? I just think the pedigree of Micah Shrewsbury, he's a builder, he has a specific style, He has a culture that he implemented early in Penn State. And if you can do that and you can win at Penn State, you can can parachute into the Notre Dame job and go into the ACC and play and compete against the likes of Duke and Carolina and Virginia and Miami. And it's, it's, it may take, it it may take a year or two, but I think, uh, I think sooner than later, people are going to say, boy, this Micah Shrewsbury, he can coach, he can establish a culture, and he can recruit. And I think the recruiting piece where Penn State's uh, incoming freshman class for 2023 is ranked among the top 30. And if you can get a top 30 class in State College, Pennsylvania, at a place that's known mainly for football and then spring football and then wrestling, but you can do do work with some magic in men's basketball – I think you can handle the rigors of what the ACC is going to hold for you at Notre Dame. You think about Jalen Pickett and how big of an impact he made for Penn State this past season, and he was a transfer portal guy that Shrewsbury Mm -hmm. was able to land. What do you think the expectation is for Shrewsbury in his first year and what he might try to do with the transfer portal? 
stable first to stabilize the program like this this program the the black cloud over this program for the last two three months has been just unbearable as far as the culture as far as just the attitude of everything so come in here stabilize the place and say we're going to win we're going to get players it's going to take some time and then also i think the university is going to have to give a little the last couple of seasons when the transfer portal has become this transfer portal madness so to speak the only two players that that notre dame was able to get that mike bray was able to get out of the portal were graduate students and that wasn't that wasn't a coincidence they got paul atkinson from yale and they got this past season they got marcus hammond from niagara because under the old transfer rules, Notre Dame could take just about anybody and say, we understand that they're not on our academic highway, so to speak, our academic path, but in the year that they sit out, we can get them academically up to speed mm. for what's required at Notre Dame. With the with portal, you can't do that. You have to go into the portal and say you want this, this big-time freshman guard who has a chance to be the next Jalen Pickett, and you want him to play at Notre Dame. Well, that freshman guard, wherever he played at this past season in college, would have to have had followed the same academic track at school A, B, or C as he would have at Notre Dame. And that, that is very rarely the case. So the transfer portal is not an easy place for Notre Dame. It's going to have to be relaxed just a little bit for Micah Shrewsbury to help build this program back up to what it used to be. Well, at least not. At least it's not just football that's handcuffed. Then that's good to know. It's, it's, it's across the board. All across the board, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, when you look at the other news that you were reporting on earlier this week, jumping away from Notre Dame strictly for a second, you seem not surprised at all that Mike Bray winds up at South Florida. No. Well, he is not at South Florida. He was headed to South Florida. South Florida and Mike Bray basically think of this as a wedding. They or they Uh-oh. agreed. They agreed to the marriage. They had everybody in place. They were walking down the aisle, and they bare almost made it to the altar. And South Florida looked over and saw somebody that was prettier, <laughs> that was more attractive, that had a little bit that gave that gave a little bit more spice to the potential marriage. And so they said, "You know what? We're good." I, I can gar- I, I can say this. I can safely say this. People say Mike Bray and South Florida had hadn't agreed on a contract. All they had were discussions. Mike Bray was very much down the road doing head coaching things for USF the last couple of days before that news broke that there would not be a deal. So uh, that's why I was not surprised that he would he would parachute back into coaching. But now that that's not going to work out, I think the best move is it TV. I don't think he wants to do TV. He needs to just go sit on a beach somewhere for like six months (laughs) and recharge. Uh Because for him, for him to jump right back into coaching after the disaster season that they had up here would have been the biggest mistake, and people would have looked at it and said, "I don't know if Mike Bray can do it anymore." And Mm. I think a lot of people have said that. And I think Mike Bray has asked himself that, and he wanted to prove, I still have this. I can turn it around. I can coach. I can be the loosest coach in America. I'm taking the USF job. I think it's it's for the best that it did work out for Mike Bray down there in Tampa. 
Wow, interesting stuff. If we circle back, Tom Noy with us from South Bend Tribune. Uh, we're talking about uh, the Irish and beyond, but if we circle back to Notre Dame with the Micah Shrewsbury, I always want to put a T in there, Shrewsbury. I don't know why I call him Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury over here. Uh, how long do you think it'll take for him to turn this around where he won a tournament game for the first time at Penn State since 2001? So if we're talking about Notre Dame competing in the ACC, winning a tournament game or two, being a, a Sweet 16, Elite 8 contender, how long do you think realistically it would take for Shrewsbury to do that? I'd say if they get the academic breaks from the transfer portal, if they, they, they're given the leeway to help build this roster back up sooner than later, I'd say year three is, is, a, is a realistic expectation for a possible return to the NCAA tournament. And again, look, when Mike Bray took this job 20 years ago, he walked in here and he had a ready-made NBA lottery pick in Troy Murphy. He had Chris Thomas coming from, from Pike High School already committed the year after Troy Murphy was here. So it was, it was ready-made for somebody to win. It's not like that because there's literally – nobody left that you can point to and say, I'm going to lean on this guy for the 23-24 season. It's got to be built from scratch. The culture's got to be rebuilt from scratch. Just the entire pride in the program has to have a total redo. So that's going to be hard this year. Might be a little easier next year, but I'd say by year three, then people are going to be looking and say, that's what made Micah Shrewsbury the number one candidate to take this Notre Dame coaching job. Tom, what in your mind was the biggest reason the program kind of fell into the pitfalls that, that they had over the last three or four years of, of Coach Bray? Was it just a, a, an influx of factors, or is there any one thing you could point to as, as to why the program is in the state that it is, as Shrewsbury it inherits was, it? It was so many different factors, like a little of this, a little of that. I think Mike Bray got stale. He, he's admitted that he's gotten stale. His voice, people started tuning it out in the locker room like they – they just needed a new shot of everything. And I'm writing about this for Sunday in Sunday South and Tribune. Like, it's just, it's so, it was so refreshing to wake up this morning and be like, there's no more cloud hanging over this Notre Dame men's basketball program. Everything's new. It's fresh. It's exciting. There's new stories to tell. There'll be new faces around Ross Hall and the basketball program. And, and it's just something where, it, for whatever reason, I think Mike Bray, if he looks back at now, like it's easy to say as we're sitting here now, he should have left after they almost made the Sweet 16 last year. But he thought, boy, we, we had one really good run, run. Maybe we could do that just maybe one more time. And the guys that he had, had counted on and relied on, that senior class, that 50-year senior class, the expectations for them was they were good last year. Maybe they'll be even better this year. When that whole thing disintegrated, man, it, it went south, and it went south in an absolute hurry. They went from 15-5 and five in the ACC to 3-17. and 17. Wow. Crazy stuff right there. Well, hey, Tom, appreciate your time. You crushed it today, really. You did a marvelous job. Hope you enjoyed the tournament, and uh, we'll be looking for your piece on Sunday in the South Bend Tribune. You got it, fellas. Take care. Have a great weekend. You too. There he is, Tom Noy, South Bend Tribune. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm Brian No, He's Eddie Garrison on the ones and twos. Jimmy Cook with us. I like what Eddie did just there. 
Rock you like a hurricane. That makes sense. Makes sense. Nigel Pack joins us here. Miami Hurricanes guard, former Lawrence Central star, joining us here on the fan. You know, it's funny, Nigel. When you take on Houston, who's a one seed tomorrow night, that fires me up. I'm excited for you and your team. And I just started thinking, how do you balance getting fired up for a game but not too fired up? Because if you get too crazy and juiced, that could work against you as a basketball player. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I always try to you know manage my emotions and never try to get too high or too low. I try to stay mellow toned the whole entire game, and I feel like that that really works for me. Um, you know, emotions can play a big part in the games, especially big ones like this. But if you can keep them, you know, in the middle, I feel like that works out pretty well. Nigel, growing up in Indiana, what was it like? Obviously, you're happy to move on to the tournament. What was it like to go up against a, a, one of the powers of, of your childhood, at least in terms of Indiana? You think of Indiana, Purdue, schools of that nature, and bounce them out of the NCAA tournament. What, what was that like post game? Mm. Oh, it was so much fun. It was you know really fun put going against guys that you you know you play with growing up. Um, you know, this is one of the biggest schools, or if the biggest school in Indiana. You know, watching them as a kid. It was always fun, especially watching the rivalry games, Indiana-Purdue. So it was fun to, you know, get to go against them. The atmosphere was great. Um, I feel like it was a great game, um, and it was really fun. And, you know, it was really even more fun to be able to continue and move on in this tournament. Did you have a favorite college basketball team growing up, Nigel? Uh, I was more of a Duke fan when I was a kid. I, I always wanted to go to Duke as a kid. So Duke was, like, you know, my, my favorite school Um and then watching the Indiana Purdue games, I was I was more rooting for Purdue, honestly. Nigel, as you prepare for matchup against Houston, obviously you guys are are, are rolling right along for that battle. But I want to take a step back for just a second and and look at the process that took you to Miami because the, the idea of the transfer portal continues to be more and more engaged throughout college basketball over the years. What was that process like, and 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 what sold you on being a part of the U? Yeah, the, the transfer portal, I feel like, is, you know, becoming more of a thing of nature each year. And um, the transfer portal was like a different experience than it was the first time around for me. Um, a lot more schools were in contact with me um, and try to, you know, figure out which schools would be best fit, you know, what coaches would, would I like to play for and what style of play was best for me. And, you know, I was able to narrow it down to a few schools and took some visits. Um, you know, the U seemed like the best spot for me. Um, talking with my family, they agreed to it, and I feel like this is this, the place to be. I feel like you've really upgraded in weather, going from Indiana <laughs> oh, oh, and man. Kansas to Miami, man. That's that's quite the upgrade, Nigel. I think so, yeah. The weather is beautiful, <laughs> man. I don't think uh, I have a winter coat anymore, and we keep traveling to these cold places, and it's really hitting me with reality of you know, the cold weather, but I have to realize it, man. I, I grew up in this, so... Oh, man, that's funny. He's Nigel Pack, Miami Hurricanes guard, former Lawrence Central star, joining us here on The Fan. Nigel, when you look at Houston, who you take on tomorrow night, what do you see? What do they do well? What do they might not be so great at in your mind? Yeah, they're a great team overall. Um, obviously, a one seed for, the re- for a reason. And, um, you know, playing them tomorrow, we got a few things we need to focus on, especially on blocking them out and make sure they don't crash the offensive glass. We know they're a really good offensive rebounding team. Um, they have a lot of talent, especially at the guard position. Um, as long as we can control the glass um, and play Miami defense and do what we do best on the offensive end, I feel like we should be successful. 
Nigel, what's downtime like for you guys? Are, are, are you playing 2K or, or what's the what's the setup? Maybe not like for the tournament right now, but over the course of the season, how do you guys stay loose? How have you guys kind of developed that chemistry off the floor? Yeah, I mean, always competitive video games is always a good way to, you know, build some chemistry. We have a lot of competitive video games, video gamers, at least on the team. And even if we're not playing against each other, we're playing together on, on you know, on a video game like Call of Duty or 2K or something like that. Um, I feel like me and Isaiah built a good chemistry, you know, playing 2K, especially when the new one came out. Um, we were on it, you know, for a few hours a day, um, just, you know, playing with each other, um, playing, you know, the, in the park, you know, with our <laughs> built characters, um, and just building a bond there, and it was really it was really fun. Uh, what's your uh, your the game that you're best at and the game you're worst at? Oh, um, the game that I'm best at, I would say easily is probably Call of Duty. Um I feel like I'm pretty good at that one. And then the game that I'm probably worse at might be Fortnite. I think I'm, I'm pretty bad at that one, but you know I what? Like to play it for fun. Nigel, I'm glad you mentioned that because I used to have Fortnite Fridays with my two nephews because oh, I was man. working it like on the West Coast and they were back in Indiana, but we would get together every Friday. Oh. And one of my mm. nephews, I don't know what it is with how you build stuff. Like you build oh. platforms. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, how do you even do that? I couldn't get it. Yeah, I can never get the, the building stuff down. That's why I think I'm not really good because when every time it comes down to having the, who can build the highest or the fastest, it's like I'm at a disadvantage. <laughs> Total disadvantage, man. He's Nigel Pack, Miami Hurricanes guard, joining us here on The Fan. What would you say about your head coach, Jim Laranega, and what he's meant for your team and what he's meant for you specifically? Yeah, Coach L, a legendary coach, one that's going to go down in the, in the history books for one of the greatest coaches um, I feel like he's really changed this program, especially at the University of Miami. Um, he's, you know, every program he's been to, he's taken them to the NCAA tournament, done something special. Um, he's taken, you know, this, this this Miami team to the tournament two two, two years in a row. Um, you know, especially in this Sweet 16, you know, we still got things to be accomplished, but you know, his resume is really really good as of right now. And who who knows how much longer he wants to coach for? But I know when he's, you know, he finally calls it quits, he's going to be definitely remembered as one of the greatest. Nigel, you might not be aware of it, obviously, because you guys are focused on continuing to move on in the NCAA tournament, but this weekend at Gamebridge Fieldhouse are the IHSA State Championship Games. Uh, mm-hmm. just want you look back at, at your time at Lawrence Central. You capture a sectional title. Uh, what do you remember most about your time at LC and just what high school basketball in this state did for you and your career? Yeah, that, I feel like basketball is different in the state of Indiana, man. Um, I remember playing in, in the sectionals and the regionals and the crowds that we used to get. Was, it was unreal. It was so much fun going against up, going up against all the talent that there was in the state. Um, you know, playing in the MIC was always fun. But then when you got outside of that and got to play other schools, you would see talent from you know people from the north side of Indiana or the south side. And it was just it was crazy to see how much talent was you know across the state in, in total. Yeah, I'm curious, Nigel, with you knowing uh, Indiana basketball so well, uh, being from this from the Hoosier State. Like playing Indiana to get to the Sweet 16, I'm just curious what you thought about IU playing them on that court, what they did well, what they struggled with in that game. Yeah, Indiana is obviously a great team. They're, they're really led by a great coach, um, you know, knowing him well, especially from his NBA career and things like that. But um, this team, you know, really talented, especially at the, the big position with Trace Jackson Davis, you know, mm-hmm. being an All-American. We know how much – um, how good he was, and we had to really focus in on, you know, not letting him have, you know, a really dominant game like he always has. And 
Um, I feel like we can control him, um, you know, not let him go, you know, too crazy, and we can control the boards. So I feel like we, we put ourselves in a really good position. Um, obviously, I feel like they have some really good talent on that team, um, especially at the, at the one spot, too. Um, but I feel like we were, you know, we were able to, you know, cut off, you know, some of their offensive rebounding power, which I feel like they were really dominant on the glass in previous games. And I feel like if we can win the rebounding battle, I feel like puts us in a good position to win the game. Nigel, if a casual basketball fan in the state or anywhere that's listening to this is looking for something to watch for or something to get excited about regarding your matchup with Houston, what's one thing that a casual fan or just a fan in general should know about your program that we don't know already? And this is, I feel like this team is really an electric team. I feel like we play with a lot of swagger and a lot of fun. Um, I feel like our offensive firepower is, you know, something that a lot of people haven't seen before. Um, so it makes it really entertaining to watch. Um, Houston's a great team as well. So I feel like this matchup is really going to be something that, you know, you want to tune in to see. You know, I thought that was a great question by Jimmy. I'm going to ask you something stupid here, Nigel. But <laughs> uh, Jim Laranega, like a lot of players will have – an impression of their coach. Do you have any teammates that do a great Jim Laranega impression? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. I, we, he hasn't given us, you know, too many different things to really, you know, talk or make fun of him about. I'm waiting to see his dance moves pop out again so we can <laughs> talk about that one. We haven't seen those yet. Um, I've seen those previously, but I'm still waiting to see him again for myself in person. So when he brings those out, I might be able to, you know, make a Jim Laranega impression here soon. Man, right? Like, you got to bust out the the dance moves if you take down a one seed. I think that – I don't know that he so, takes yeah. the shirt That's off like say. Eric Musselman, right? Like, they took down a one seed. But you got to bust out the dance moves at a bare minimum. I think so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, hey, best of luck, Nigel. It really was a treat talking to you. And, uh, man, I'm pulling for the Hurricanes. That Not just blowing smoke, but that's how much fun we had with you today for sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Nigel. Thank you. There he is, Nigel Pack, Miami Hurricanes guard.